We're never going to see the full report. The rich get richer and the scum get more powerful. Um... Anyway, that's it for Big Damn Politics this week. Yes. We'll catch you all next week. Stop being political. No. All right, should we stop living on this planet? Yes. <laughs> during, an incredibly, <laughs> during an incredibly turbulent political time in, in our days. So yeah. I thought we'd start on a more relaxing note. Welcome to Big Damn Cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill your time until you realise that you could have been listening to like classical music instead. Mm. Um, my name is Chris. Oh, God, why? Johnson. And call me Little Sunshine. <laughs> call me. Mephistopheles. Ah, yeah. uh, I've got this calendar for Christmas. Uh, I, I didn't put it up for January, but I think I'm biased because January's page is like just fine. Um, but it's a Chihuahua puppies calendar. Chihuahua puppies. I was going to put it up in the kitchen, then uh, you know Lou got another calendar, so that's the one that's up in the kitchen. Puppy Wawa. But I just thought we could, considering like where the, the time this is being recorded, the whole Sue Gray thing is not slash is sort of going go on going on yeah. at the moment. I think the, the the Guardian have published a report that has been made available. Yeah, um, I haven't had the chance to read through it. But you know, corruption will not be dealt with, and things will no, not get better no. in the immediacy. Maybe they will eventually, but not right now. And uh, you know, bit of a depressing week ahead for for our household uh, in regards to saying goodbye to a family member, and you know, just it's not a great time. Mm. So I thought we'd just start this week's episode before we get into the news and reviews, Boba Fett and all that good shite, by looking at pictures of Chihuahuas in this calendar. <laughs> Could you please describe to the viewer? Uh, what you're staring at right now. This is a chihuahua, a small, uh, mostly white chihuahua with very pink inner ears, very pink nose, lovely, lovely black eyes. And it looks like that they're on a field of snow and they look very, very fluffy like, um, ooh, like, like a loofah, like a wet loofah. Yeah, a living loofah. Yeah, a living loofah. What a, what a torturous existence yeah, that would be yeah. if you were a conscious loofah. Hmm. Let's skip to, oh, uh, let's skip to this Mr. February. This one's much <laughs> shorter head. Much much more muscular definition showing through. Almost uh, very short head, in fact. But massive pink ears, lovely little black nose, black eyes. And he's also got, got sort, of, sort of reluctant... Reluctant sort of half smile on his face. He's got quite a thick jaw. A, v- a very thick. It's a th- thick boy. And it's ears a puppy. It is a pointy, almost like he were the Batman. First hey! topic. First topic. First topic. So uh, the Batman last week after we recorded. So you know, in our defence, but I don't think we would have touched on it per se. Percy, on the other hand. Um, was footage from the Batman leaked to the internet. It it's did. A footage did. of a funeral sequence and a the beginning of what appears to be a hostage situation or terrorist attack on a church. Um, and then it ends with a, you know, like, the Batman in theatres from blah, blah, blah. And it leaked, but people were going, hang on, this has got to be official. It's got that thing at the end. No, some fucker leaked a promo video before mm. it was meant to go out. Yes. Since last week, and as of yesterday, as recording this... Matt Reeves, the director of the Batman, just went, ah, oh, fuck it, here it is in 4K on my Vimeo account, everyone. Hi! Enjoy! Um, so, we have uh, minor, minor, minor spoilers ahead for what is, like, two minutes of content in a 13-hour movie. 
Um, what if this is the end of the film? What if this is well, like a Sony ends? trailer? Yeah, like a Sony trailer. They're just showing. They're just showing a clip of the end of the. They've got to have done that. They've got to have someone, some mad fucking corporation out there has got to have start. You know, when they start getting close to release and this do. Pro- and then you start releasing like full clips from the film. One fucking one's got to have, like just released the last scene of the film. Sony do it all the time. Sony pictures do it all the time. Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 2's trailers were riddled with that shot of him swinging oh, the sewer grid around. Yeah, at, and that's at the fucking Rhino. the last shot of the film. Last shot of the film. The most recent Uncharted trailer has here like Nathan Drake in a separate like job dealing with these people. Then Sully bursts in to help him and is wearing a sort of muted uh, Hawaiian shirt and has a moustache and the, th- the shot in the thing is him going like what's that? and he's like oh don't worry when you're old enough you better grow one of your own and it's like do you remember how we joked that that would be the last scene of the movie? they'd be like oh I'm just thinking of growing it out do you know think it suits me? Uh, yeah well I guarantee that's from the last that's scene in the film the yeah, and it'll be a yeah. cut forward four or five months sort yeah. of scene it's just like fucking hell um it would be wonderful if this was the end of the Batman. Because we know that there are two more. It has been confirmed uh, in the last year that it is one of a trilogy and it is it is intended to be three movies. Because we made a whole thing of... It's nice to know that there is definitely a roadmap. So they're not just going to tease stuff that will never pay off because the films won't get finished. But, can we but please, also, can we just do like yeah. single standalone movies can again, we not please? Have a movie? It's like... <laughs> do you remember Two Human? <clears throat> no. What was Two Human? Two Human was a video game. Um, but you'd be hard pressed to find it anywhere because it was so bad. <laughs> and Silicon Knights, the development uh, studio, were so fucked by it that their next attempt at a video game, X Men Destiny, was mm. basically done on arrival. And I don't think you could actually buy Too Human anymore. It was so. It was. It was. Yeah. So, it had a, such a toxic effect on their. Um, on their ability to make and publish video games that it basically killed the studio and uh, disappeared. But there were interviews with the development, with the head of development, I can't remember his name, the guy who used to run Silicon Knights. Um, and people Miss, were asking Mr. Him, Mr. Silicon Knights. Silly um, Cones. Mr. Silly Cones. Um, and then, you know, they made uh, Eternal Darkness and his Requiem. They made the, the GameCube remake of Metal Gear Solid. You know, good, good stuff. And then they did it to human. It was garbage. And it was like, oh, well. And it was like a sort of cyber Viking... Uh, action RPG thing. The more and, you describe yeah. it, the more I'm picturing like the the, the <laughs> magazine ads for it. And it was intended to be the first part of a trilogy to the point where yeah. we were doing interviews for it. The the sort of the director on it was like people asking, "Oh, well, what do you, you know? What bits of the game are you really looking forward to people getting to grips with? And you know, what classes uh, did you really enjoy putting together in the game?" It's like, "Oh no, all my favorite stuff's actually not in the first game." So, which is weird because like <clears throat> he said that obviously hoping everyone would go yeah, oh my god the yeah. second one's going to be incredible the film's gonna be... yeah. but it just comes across as yeah don't be bothered yeah. don't, don't bother yourself with this anyway, it was very bad no one bought it um, <laughs> but the, the, it always makes me think whenever someone <laughs> announces something as a trilogy or as part of a series particularly movies TV shows are not so worried about because they are meant to be serialised huh. but when you do this I, I worry that they won't put enough of the story and the stuff that they're excited about into the first one and then no one will watch the first one and we'll never get to see the other two. I mean, great examples of something that thematically as a trilogy clearly had intentions, but you can watch specifically the first and second parts on their own and not have to think about any of it. Mm. Great example is the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. Batman I mean, Begins works on its own terms. I mean, the Dark arguably, Knight works on its own terms. Arguably, if you treat them as self-contained movies and don't think about them, they work better. <laughs> 
I have a feeling. Um, we're gonna, I know we did a big uh, go back and look into the podcast feed, everybody. We did a big sort of like look back at, at both uh, two episodes, looking back at the three movies a few years ago. Um, I think it was during the first lockdown, actually. Yeah, 2020. I think it was. But um, I have a feeling that as time goes by, your your returning to it mentally is going to result in you going, yeah, Batman Begins is pretty great. The other two are films, I guess. Dark Knight is too long. And it's Fair two enough. films jammed together. Fair enough. But a lot of it is still very good. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of it is down to performance, technical execution, and I guess like the action set pieces yeah. in particular the are th- really memorable. The thing that sours me on it over time is that I just have less of an appetite for that sort of dark, gritty, bat- like Wh- sort of neocon Batman. Which sort of like that Batman kind of solidified. Yeah, exactly. Like the and, Batman and, and Robin, the reaction to it was Batman yeah. Begins... Dark Knight was Batman Begins, but darker now. Yeah. And I do enjoy those three movies. Like the third one is hot garbage oh, in my it's opinion. So again, stupid. technically executed in a brilliant way. There are some incredible performances in there. It's nice to finally see Anne Hathaway play Felicia Hardy, just pretending she's <laughs> Selena Kyle. But like, I mean, hey, she worked hard to get the part in Spider Man Four. Indeed. She may as well have put those skills to use and did it in a Batman movie uh-huh. instead. But like. I still appreciate enough of The Dark Knight Rises that if I do revisit Batman Begins, I do tend to find myself going, oh, go on, I'll put Dark Knight on and I'll do Dark Knight Rises as well. Like, I'll I never have the time three. to do all three of them. Um, <laughs> oh God, they're too night, fucking long! Especially Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. I mean, Dark Knight is too long. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises feels yeah. too long. Dark Knight Rises. Feels too long. Do you remember when Midnight Releases over here, and it was it was as recently as like 10, 9, 8 years ago, Midnight Releases over here would coincide with the Midnight Release in mm. the States. Mm. So I went to the Midnight Release of the Dark Knight Rises in IMAX. Yeah. So it was like 5am in the IMAX at the Printworks in Manchester. Me, you... me and 400 other people or whatever it is in that auditorium. Did you stay awake? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I I, uh, I I went to bed at like 7pm the night before, Lucy mm. and I and, and, and the two friends we were with, we went to bed at like 7pm, sort of just eased into sleep, woke up around 4, drove there, got straight into the thingy, grabbed some pop, <laughs> there was a little Costa coffee, so it was like, quick Americano, grabbed some pop, because they obviously opened up everything that yeah, they could open up to take advantage of the nutters who'd come in for this really early morning screening. And take advantage of the poor sods working... Terrible wages and yeah. terrible hours. And that was back um, when it was Odeon um, as well. So, yeah, yeah. 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 We have inner knowledge. Mm. Um, hopefully it's a lot better now. I honestly don't know anyone who works at any of them now enough to ask them. So Probably not. But, yeah, but... Probably worse. Oh, boy. I don't even see what's happened, but... Oh? Oh? But, well, we all, you know, the cinema is not exactly doing well, is it? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, 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 well, like, oh, God, yeah. Cinemas... As an in, as a our sort an institution. of not to dox ourselves, but our like sort of recurring cinema um, is the uh, the Odeon in central Manchester, mm. the Great Northern um, Building Warehouse project thing, formerly AMC, formerly AMC, um, and like whenever I go there in the last couple of years, obviously like not everyone's rushing out to the cinema anymore, but whenever I go there in the last couple of years, it really does feel like there's five staff members total. And they're all a bit like, oh my god, a customer. Yeah. And it's a really weird vibe. It's really quiet. And at the same time, I'm like, fair enough, because at least I know, having known people who've worked there, I know that these guys are not going to have the most stressful version of the usual Odeon experience. No. So like, good. Any any heat taken off of you guys 
the better. Yeah. But it's also like, this is weird. Yeah. It's real freaking weird. It's weird. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw a film at the Trafford Centre. It was, it was you, me and Billy for Venom 2, Let There Be More Venoms. I went to see... Um... <laughs> and that was, that was again, that was sort Venom. of quiet. It wasn't too busy, but it, it there were still people. Did I see No Way Home at Traff? I think I did. I saw it at the uh, uh, Lincoln Brayford Wharf. Ah, uh, midnight screening. Oh, because nowadays, if you've got a midnight screening, they just go, eh, fuck it. Well, we didn't go to midnight screening. Well, no, because midnight screenings aren't often now either. They'll just release it late the night before I mean, it midnight comes screenings out. haven't been often for the last two years. Let's true, be, true. Uh, but I mean, I just mean, in terms of the schedules, they don't do that thing now of midnight, we can show it to you. They'll go, eh, fuck it. We'll put it on at 9 p.m. and another one at like 10 p.m. in a yeah. different screen yeah. the night before the film comes out. There's your midnight screening, folks. And it's probably because the cinemas have gone, look, we don't want to be here till four in the morning. Fuck no. Like, we don't want to be here till four in the morning. We want you out by midnight. We're here till three in the morning anyway, and we're back in at 6 a.m. <laughs> Not sort of the first film until 10. Um, I came out of the Dark Knight Rises. My first big, like midnight screening, five AM screening experience. IMAX, really hyped, and an audience full of people who were absolutely psyched as heck for it. I was excited. I'd seen the the sneak preview like the year prior. You know, where, like the mm. limited tickets had gone out, and you went to watch the prologue in mm. IMAX, and I was like, "This is fucking impressive." Okay, here we go. And I remember coming out of it being really elated by the experience I'd just had. Yeah, and the fact that I had a full day's work. I got. Back to the flat, had like a half hour kip, made myself some breakfast, and then went and did a full day at CBBC. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, woo! Um, but I felt elated by the experience I'd had. Yeah. But I, I was sort of like, I don't know how I feel about the movie, <laughs> which says a lot. Not great! Which says a lot about, like, you know, normally people go, oh, but it was the first time I'd done that thing and it was really, really cool. So I, I have really fond memory of it. And yeah. I'm like, eh, the film is a film, I guess. Um, yeah. My worry about The Batman was based on the more recent trailers, we've talked about this before, is that it's going to be a little too much like the Nolan stuff. I kind yeah. of wanted to veer away from that. Yeah. And I'm still not seeing any signs in its marketing and its fucking toys. The toys that are coming out are so weird. weird. Like, kids' action figures it doesn't of, feel... of depressed-looking Oswald yeah. Cobblepot. It doesn't feel like a film that should have toys. It really doesn't. Like, maybe, maybe put out, like, a Batman and a Batmobile and do a slightly stylized version of selena catwoman and go there you go everybody there's there's some toys for kids you enjoy some batman thing like use the logo but don't do what the dark knight yeah. did when the dark knight came out they did some stylized action figures for kids they did that weren't like going look at the, like i remember the box was like batman mm. and the dark knight logo was on the box somewhere. do what the tim burton movies did just reuse super friends molds well, <laughs> yeah, fuck it, why yeah. not? And just, just do variant paints to yeah. make them look closer to the character. So just do a penguin, any old penguin action figure, but give him the little purple shirt yeah. and the black coat and be like, there you go. There you go. There you go. It's Colin Farrell, everybody. Did bring back the Joker action figure with the little hole for the, the real squirting flower? Good Lord. I used to have that. The acid toy yeah. for children. The acid toy for children. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, <laughs> it's weird that they're doing that. The McFarlane toys look garbage like McFarlane toys have done since they took over the DC license. Only a few of them ever look good when they do action mm. figures now. The, the DC action figures, they look just odd. Likenesses especially. If they do comic book characters, it looks great. Yeah, I think the Fallen Toys look great. Yeah. But the likenesses for the DC stuff is bad. Oh, God. If you're curious, folks, just look up McFarlane Toys um, 
blood uh, it's bloodsport isn't it bloodsport and peacemaker bloodsport and peacemaker unmasked because the main figures have masks on or helmet on and for good case. reason but the variant the chase figures are them unmasked and my god like it looks like someone's taken a photo of Idris Elba on an old Polaroid but then rubbed their thumb against it as it's drying it just, it's just so bad um the Batman ones don't look much better it's it's really weird but even the tone of that all, the fact that there's kids' toys, but they're all just like depressed Oswald Cobblepot, and the Bruce Wayne action figure is him in like a, a sort of a a, a combat suit with black makeup smudged all over his eyes, and it's just sort of like, what is this? Obviously, when we see the film, we'll get the context, but it's just like, this is the Bruce Wayne action figure. Yeah, it's, it's just odd. so weird. Um, we have now watched the the proper from the director himself 4K version of the the clip I'm a little more hopeful yeah it still feels a bit more nolan than i would like but there's something odd about the tone that just sits right with me there's a lot of very um yeah there's a lot of very comic book panel style shots in that sequence. Yeah. And it's a scene where there is no one in costume, there's no one flying around, there's no Batmobile, there's no big comic book action happening. But just like the shot of him, uh, like, f- brief description of what happens. It's the funeral for a character. Yep. Uh, it's implied that the character or characters were the parent or parents of a young boy. Which in itself is a moment where Bruce Wayne's just looking over at this kid on a seat, processing what's happening, and everything that's happening on Robert Pattinson's face, as subtle as it is, tells you everything you need to know about mm-hmm. whether or not the people making this at least understand Batman. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there we go. He's looking at himself, AJ, and is just he knows what that kid is going through. Brilliant. Superb. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's getting ready for the funeral. You hear that one of the police uh, officers is still missing. Uh, Gordon's talking to the chief of police, played by Con O'Neill, the wonderful fucking Con O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, joining British actors playing superior officers in Batman movies after Colin McFarlane played Commissioner Loeb in the Nolan trilogy. <laughs> what are you up to, Gordon? <laughs> um, skip to Toast of Tinseltown. Three million dollars. Um, he's so good. Um, so they're discussing that this officer called Coulson's missing. And then there's gunfire and screeching car noises outside the church. And just before uh, a car comes smashing through the front of the church and crashes into the, like the, the, the pulpit, Bruce notices this figure just watching from the balcony mm-hmm. above, staring seemingly down at him. And then uh, this car shows up covered in graffiti that says DOA, which is a really creepy sort of... Like, ov- obvious, but like... Uh, unique threat essentially just like yeah. just like why does it say oh oh no oh no um, and then a guy steps out the police officer Coulson strapped with a bomb around his neck gaffer tape over his mouth a cell phone in his hand that he's indicating that he needs yeah. to answer and the police of course all surrounded him and that's where the clip ends yeah. that's it yeah. uh, and that little tag well they start evacuating the building don't they yeah um, so many shots and it just looked like a panel from a kind of two thousands like um, oh god who's 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 your Ed Brubaker mm. uh, or you know anything from sort like of a, the, the Snyder Capullo well, run. Matt Reeves um, described this as sort of more of a detective story, so it makes sense that it's very 
you know, depending on what artist he's working with, it makes sense that it feels sort of like brew bakery in its structure. It feels, it feels like because, GCPD yeah. or the Black Glove. Which um, is definitely what they think they're going for. Yeah, it's the Black Glove, isn't it? It's the name of that story. Black Mirror. Black Mirror, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, Black Glove is the... I think that's Grant Morrison. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's very yeah, not yeah. Grant Morrison. Yeah, no, no, yeah. There's Black, no Black Man Mirror. Like, this This feels, obviously it's not the same setting, but it feels like Dick Grayson's Batman disguised in that auction. And it's that, that yeah, kind of... yeah creeping it's the vibe shot of, especially the shot of what we presume is Paul Dano yeah Edward Nashton there's, yeah there's a lot of prof- like shadow profiles stuff like I really like the shot of um, Bruce listening in to Gordon's conversation you just see Gordon and the chief faces in like out of focus out of focus in the foreground uh, of the foreground shot foreground profile yeah because Bruce isn't nice. watching them he's listening to yeah. them it's just, but just the shots of Rob Bat Battenbat doesn't have a single line in this no he doesn't say anything and he's doing a lot yeah as as Rob Pattinson does, you know, he's he's a very he's a very facey actor. He's, yeah. a, he's a very uh, expressive. He knows actor. that you can say more with your eyes yeah. than you can with the dialogue. Yeah, which is you know. Well, that's how he got through all the Twilight movies with his eyes just saying, "Help, Help me." me. Uh, one of the few reasons I still have Tumblr on my phone is every now and again I'll go back and I'll look up a blog I followed years ago called uh, Robert Pattinson is done with this, mm. something like that. And it's just him in the press junkets with the Twilight films being very openly like, yeah, no, I think this is garbage. <laughs> like, yeah. or, or, or wording it a little more eloquently than that. And it's just, it's kind of wonderful because you go, sometimes actors do things for a paycheck and can't lie during the junket. They yeah. just can't do it. But and he, gets, he gets to do... He gets to do the lighthouse with um, SNL star Willem Dafoe. Have you seen any of his skits? No. Pretty great. He's having a fucking ball. I did. um, (laughs) My attention was drawn the other day to a Lars von Trier interview from back when Antichrist came out. Yes. In which. um, That was late 2000s, early 2010s? In which Lars von Trier reveals that Willem Dafoe's penis is so. Yep, unbelievably large in uh, not like unbelievably large but in in context of Willem Dafoe mm. that they had to have a penis double for Antichrist because no, no one everyone was just confused by how big Willem Dafoe's penis Willem was Willem Dafoe's not a, he's, not a, he's not a towering individual he's, not a towering he's individual. sort of a small wiry guy and apparently it, it was distracting enough that yeah. they were like, we need to get this, someone this else's is, penis yeah. in frame. We need to get someone else's <laughs> penis to ejaculate blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've still never seen Antichrist. I know that happens in it. That's probably why I've never seen Antichrist. Um, <laughs> I get I get the whole, you know... Uh, I've never seen Antichrist, yeah. but I have seen the penis that they replaced <laughs> William Defoe's with an Antichrist. Uh, it's just, and it's a very... Non-distracting piece. I understand <laughs> why you want to make an audience feel uncomfortable for how long the film is. But I don't want to feel uncomfortable for that long by you throwing sexual violence my way. Thank there are certain much. films where you know that you'll watch them once, you'll get everything you need from them, and then you'll never touch them again. And there are others where like you still enjoy them, but you are hesitant to go back to watch them mm. because you know that it's a tough... Like, one of my favourite movies ever is Dead Man's Shoes. Yes, but I, it's a fucking I can't hard just, watch. I can't just put it on. It is a hard watch. It's got yeah. to be, it, I think the reason, the excuse I use to watch it is I'm like, you've never seen it. I think you'd really oh, take a lot so from good. it. We're going to watch it. Like, that's the sort of situation. I make new friends just so I can show them Dead Man's Shoes so I can have an excuse to watch Dead Man's Shoes. After that, I ghost them forever. Yeah. Off they fuck. <laughs> fuck off, as Billy Conley says. 
Off you will fuck. Get back in your car. <laughs> fuck off. Because yeah. I'm going to hit you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I've got you. Right, it was just... Oh, Paddy Constantine is fucking incredible in that. I do like Shane Meadows' movies. I really do. Um, but again, this is England. Another yeah. one I own and I've watched maybe twice in my life because yeah. it's so tough to watch. It's so tough to watch. Another one I watched before um, I went away to Panto, Possum, Matthew Holness's movie. Oh yeah, I've still not watched that yet. Can't, I can't revisit that anytime soon. But I'm glad I own it and I love the fact that if I want to put it back on, I can. But I'm like... <laughs> and it's no. weird. I haven't seen some of, other, some of the other bits of Matthew Holness's work. Which we've, mm. which we've said, which you've mentioned in great, great fondness. I've met writers who use subtext, <laughs> and they're all cowards. And um, uh, <laughs> to imagine him doing a straight, no, a very straight, very disturbing horror movie. Oh yeah, he's is, mm, mm. Uh, that. So yeah, the Batman. <laughs> I yeah, I like how it, I like how it looks. I've, I've liked Matt. I like Reeve, how it I've liked Matt Reeves since like his, since looks. his Two Apes movies, and yeah, and yeah, when he was announced as the director for this, I was like. He will be interesting. Um, when he did the first DC fandom, it was like, oh, you seem mm. really great and like you're enjoying this. This is going to be really cool. And the trailers have put me off. This preview clip, uh, I think I'm back on board. Yeah, I mean, I was never not on board, but it's just, I don't think it's going to be as comic booky a Batman as I want. But I don't know if I'll ever get as comic booky a Batman as I want because I feel like Warner Brothers are cowards. And For the um, love of fuck, either Catwoman or Penguin have to willingly name themselves that by the end of the movie. If yeah, both of them get yeah. their names from nicknames and they're like, don't call me dad! Or like, you know, well, if you want to call me... Like, no, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> one of them, at least one of them, has to accept it. <laughs> or come up with the name themselves, and I'll be happy. Because then it means we're not playing out in that world again, mm. where it's like, you know... You know, like, oh, the hero's named because a newspaper names them. <laughs> You know, and all that shit. I'm like, yeah. no, no. Own up to the camp. Yeah. What The one point that the Dark Knight does have is that the Joker is like, yeah, I'm called the Joker. Like, that's my name. Yeah. I'm the Joker, baby. Like, it's just, that's his, you know, and it's teased in the previous movie. I'm the Joker, that there is a baby. criminal out there called the Joker. Like, I love that, that yeah. No I, one ever I calls, wish we had that scene, though. When does Scarecrow actually call himself Scarecrow? Um, it's toward the end, isn't it? Of the first one. I don't think he ever really calls himself Scarecrow. Hmm. That's a good point. Because every time he appears, every subsequent appearance, they really do a thing of like calling him Dr. Crane. His yeah. name Dr. Crane. It's like, he's the fucking Scarecrow! He's a Scarecrow. Then he, his victims say Scarecrow because of the mask. Scarecrow. 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 Um, yeah. I, I like how this looks. I hope I like how it feels inside me. Yeah, speaking I've of had that uh, experience. Speaking of things warming my heart, mm. let's look at March. Okay. Um, oh my God! Ooh, Please describe little, what you see. It's a little squinty, fluffy one. I'd say um, a mar- that's a marble cake. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a marble cake chihuahua, very fluffy marble cake. Uh, look, we're going for fuzzy here boy on a lovely green grass background. Only small ears, but these lovely um, sort of triangle patterns above its eyes, which are you know very gently squinting at its lovely chocolate brown nose. It's um. It's a good look. It's a good look. Can I tell you about something that I've watched on Netflix recently? Absolutely. I started watching on Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, While we take a break for the puppies. Yeah, bless the Um, the puppies. I started watching Archive Archive 81 on Netflix. Pray tell, what is Archive 81? He says sort of knowing, but Archive 81 
was is um, a horror podcast about a. Um, yes. That's why I, when you said it, I was like, yes. I'm sure it's an audio thing. Yeah, it's about someone who is tasked with uh, restoring some old tapes. Um, mm-hmm. But the tapes are in such bad condition that they have to go to this sort of isolated facility to do the restoration. And so that they, they don't, they don't like get corrupted by the tainted by the air when they're taken out. Yeah, exactly, stuff. exactly. Yeah. Um, because it turns out that these tapes are the remains of uh, a woman's investigation into the oral history of a um, of a apartment building that burned down, and the the tapes are fire damaged. So okay. that's why they can't be moved. As he goes into um, investigating and restoring these tapes, weird stuff starts happening and continues to happen as sort of the the past as captured by the tapes and the present as experienced by the restorer and the nature of reality all start to bleed into one another. And Activated One on Netflix is a TV show adaptation of that podcast. Um, I didn't finish the podcast. I, I, I listened to like the first two seasons and then just fell off it. Not because it was bad, just because I, you know, listened to all sorts of stuff. Uh, and I've watched the first three episodes, four episodes of the Netflix series. And I like what they've done with the concept. I don't like some of the changes they've made to the characters. But on the whole, I think it is a pretty strong, um, very atmospheric um, horror show. I'll be interested to see where it goes. But I've started it off and I'm enjoying it so far. It gives me very um, Naya Costa's Candyman vibes. Okay. Which like, I still need to watch. It's got, it's got a black central lead. It's got um that sort of orchestral music uh not orchestral it's not it's minimalist it's but it's creepy yeah almost music boxy so it does put me in a bit of a candyman vibe but what it can candyman does that this doesn't do is actually use the sort of racial makeup of its cast for anything yeah because it is so isolated the thing that i don't like about it is if i remember correctly there is um, the person that is in the footage on the old tapes is um, uh, a lesbian and her girlfriend is one of the characters. In this, they're roommates. Oh my God, they were roommates. And they're implying that there might be some sort of romantic attachment between her and the present author, like in terms of um, like a growing attraction as, as, as they examine the footage. And I don't like that. <laughs> Yeah, so that feels is, like it's taking something away that from That is it, really. gay erasure. Um, yeah. So uh, that's... But also from that whole thing of like, oh, so is there a new angle you want to explore? Yeah, but to do so, we're taking away something I that like... Know. Yeah, it just still feels... Still isn't exactly commonplace in and that, that That might be misremem- me misremembering the podcast. I do need to go back and listen to it again. Um, but I think I'm right about that. And it does feel a bit strange... Like, even um, if that wasn't the intent, just create a new character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, you're, but, so you're not, like, getting rid of that character's arc from the in, original. You're just... You're telling a story with a different yeah, person. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of... Um, and if you want to bring in those other characters at some point, you have the option to. Yes. Uh, it, it also... You know, the new other thing that was, put me, puts me in mind of Neo DaCosta's Candyman is the, that is the sort of... The ongoing questioning of reality that comes from the from the from the central character as you know, sort of the mystery deepens, um, and the the sort of 
possibility that the people that he does interact with are not necessarily who they seem to be. Um, and I... But, I, you know, on the whole, I think it's very atmospheric, mm-hmm. very creepy. I'm really interested to see where it goes because the podcast goes places. <laughs> and I'll be very, <laughs> very impressed if they gym. go to the same places. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, early days. I've watched a few episodes. I'm enjoying it. I will watch more and report back, I guess. Is that how this works? I think so. Okay. Right. Uh, so it's sort of like it's sort of like uh, in terms of supernatural horrors, it's sort of SCP kind of vibes. Um, I could see it being a specific SCP, but not like a. I don't think. Un- again, unless I'm wrong mm-hmm. or I'm misremembering it, I don't feel like there's an archival part of a larger organization. Mm. But I could be wrong about that. Is there an anthology sort of feel to it? No. Like, because then obviously there's a, no. a continuous narrative. But it like... is one. It is one. It is the story of this guy investigating this one set of tapes. Okay. Because I was wondering They're whether telling, like, like the tapes would each kind no. of give a new angle. No. Okay. I would like to see some SCP stuff adapted. I I need to check out the podcast actually. Um, yeah. The SCP podcast stuff because I remember having a lot of fun on the wikis back in 2012. Mm. And then I was chatting to someone about it the other day, and they mentioned that the, the podcast stuff was really good, so I need to check that out. I was made aware of it. Horror podcast. Playing uh, Control on, on my Twitch. Oh, and God, yeah, Control. A few of my viewers is... were like, you would love yeah. this. And I, I stayed up very late one night reading this huge one, this story about someone who gets lost in an Ikea. Yeah. And it's one of those where it starts as like a, oh, God, isn't it funny that you know we all sort of go, oh, fucking hell, which way am I going in Ikea? And it just devolves into this thing where you go, oh, oh. There is okay, one this that, person's like not in our world anymore. There is one that and I'm, there are others out there who are also lost in this like sub sub level of reality inside a big fucking furniture shop. There's one that I'm quite fond of, which is a record a tape recording of a basketball game that's stuck in a time loop. And on each viewing, the time loops further on, and the people in the footage of sort of like Lord of the Flies did. Oh shit! And you see the sort of society form and and degenerate within this time loop with this just repeated basketball game every time it's looped. That's so creepy. Yeah, it's some really smart stuff. Because that's the thing: the, the ideas, some of them are su- surface level goofy ideas. Yeah. And then you get four paragraphs in, and you go, "Okay, this is actually kind of chilling." And oh remember, no! And I remember oh, it being no. like a source of some controversy <laughs> and also confidence in that the editors would find stuff that was just like very that felt like bad creepy pasta and not mm. good creepy pasta, and just get rid of it. Yeah. Like, oh. So, <laughs> pasta can be fun in that base level, like, oh, that gave me a bit of a chill. But yeah. So much of it is just narratively awful. Yeah, there is good creepypasta, there is bad creepypasta. And the SCP stuff that I've come across is mostly in the good creepypasta territory. And, uh, yeah, I kind of see it just having a tangential relationship to Archive 81 in the, in, the, in, the, in the sense of it. And, yeah, and control as well. Well, my control is basically an unofficial adaptation of SCP stuff. Um,. But yeah, I think they're all it's, it's, it's a good triumvirate of stuff. I'm mean, gonna have to go back and listen to the podcast more because um, uh, I didn't finish it, and I'm intrigued to see now with the show more fresh in mind, and I'm intrigued to see the parallels more. I'm looking forward to um, getting back into Welcome to Night Vale because it was it was before the first lockdown. It, oh it, it god, was, it was yeah. it was my gym podcast. Yeah, I'd gone right to the very beginning, and I'd listened to about five of them during a gym session. Yeah, 
So about, I keep, about, an, I keep about an hour and a half, it. hour and hour and forty minutes listening to five of them, and it was great because it was hilarious. Like to be on the bike and try to be motivated and just chuckling along, mm. like this is ridiculous. I love it. And then the guest music being like, this is really cool. And then yeah, so I need to get back into that. But but um, archive eighty one, archive eighty one. That's another one I'll I have to check the, out. Um, Apple H one. Apple H. Uh, Apple no, H. Apple H. Apple H. The, the, what's it called? Apple H. That rings a bell. I think you've mentioned uh, this. Yes, I have. What does name? I've not listened to it for a bit because I've been waiting for to, them to bank up a couple of episodes. I do that sometimes. Um, I just like, yeah, no, come on, give me a few, give me a few in a go. All gods of Apple H. Yes, you have to. Yes, one. yes, yeah, that's worth yeah. it. I think that's on my Spotify. Um, like it, you like. Yes. Um, speaking of liking things. Uh, oh. Well, let's, let's, let's touch on April. Oh. April's April's boy. Has April's got a little boy. chubby cheek. He looks like a fox. We're back to the short. Very similar to February. We're back to the short hair. Might even be the same dog. Back to the short hair and big pointy pink ears. That lovely black nose. A uh, little little softer expression. Not quite as not quite as a begrudging middle aged man taking a picture with someone he doesn't really like. Like a I don't know a black person. Um, Less of that energy. Yeah, this isn't uh, a racist dog. Yeah, <laughs> it is sat in a basket though with a blanket. Maybe yeah, that's why it well, looks so comfy. Possible. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm comfy now. We move on to May. I've overcome my um, racial prejudices. <laughs> uh, so this one is um, it's, again we're back to fluffy, but mo- not but not completely white. We are we are mostly white with this lovely sort of uh, domino mask slash. Um, El Diablo Fantastic Four mask, uh, brown patterning on the around the eyes going onto the ears, and these lovely spots around the nose and making look like um, he's wearing a damnation's face, uh, peeled fresh from the corpse. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm giving a give this one a, a, a January out of May. Oh, speaking of May, do you know what I've May. revisited this? What's week? that? Uh, I've been binging the Spectacular Spider-Man. The spectacular Spider-Man. So which Spectacular Spider-Man? Uh, the animated series. The animated series, The Spectacular Spider-Man. Because both of its two seasons are currently on UK Netflix. Well, shit. Um, Labelled as one season of 26 episodes, which is really annoying, because it's like, there is a... There's not an obvious season break, but, like, the arc of series one and the arc of series two do sort of have a an obvious end and beginning when it comes to the story of the big man and then sure. the master planner stuff. Sure. Um... But my god, that show is the best adaptation of Spider-Man on, in animated form. It really is. Bold claim, but I like it. It's so good. Well, the, the reason I, I the reason I went looking for it is because I own series one on DVD. Mm. Uh, series two never got a region two DVD release, so I had to buy it on um, iTunes back in the day. Mm. So yeah, I've still got it. But I really, really, really wanted to. Um, uh, f- see what the Sony deal was going to be like R.E. Um, Spider-Man for Disney Plus because we know that later this summer um, Sony's streaming rights are moving to Disney Plus for the Spider-Man properties yes, uh, and other Marvel properties so things like Ghost Rider um, Can't wait to see up. Spirit of Vengeance again Oh um, yeah, they're gonna start showing up. Uh, I wonder if I wonder what the issue is with some of the Fox is movies. It, is it Ghost Rider like, or Spirit of Vengeance where he pisses flame? Spirit of Vengeance, yeah, because yeah. that's the one that's fun. That's the, that's the one with Idris Elba and Anthony uh, Stewart Head, Kieran Hines, Kieran Hines. Yeah, Kieran Hines takes over from Peter Fonda as, yeah. as not Mephisto I'm because we just never Mephisto. name him, but it's obviously Mephisto. Obviously, um, I mean, for fuck's sake, his son is Blackheart, so it's Mephisto. Yeah, <laughs> but we're not gonna call him Mephisto. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh... Well, yeah, what Fox movies? What are you thinking? 
Well, like, well the Fox movies, like Fantastic Four, still not showing up on Disney Plus. Rise Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surface been on there since day I'm one. Four stickers on there. Yeah. But no, Fantastic Weird, Four 2005, which is very it's strange. got to be caught up in some rights thing. But we're or getting, maybe we're they realise that the plot of Rise of the Silver Surfer is mostly the same as Fantastic Four, so they just put the one on there. Pretty much. The one that's got the Silver Surfer in. Yeah, but it's not got the whipped cream prank. Remember the whipped cream oh, prank? Oh, great. Do you remember the whipped cream prank? I know the whipped cream prank. I've seen the whipped cream prank. How does he feel that? I, How does I, Ben Grimm feel that? Presumably, there's some... How does he feel a tickle on his face? Presumably, there is some <laughs> silicate nervous tissue... That which we have heretofore misunderstood or don't really understand or know how to detect. And so he does have full sensation all over his giant orange, hunky, rocky, angular, ever loving blue eyed face. Blue eyed <laughs> body. Um, so <laughs> every part of him is as sensitive as the tip of a finger. Um, so On Yancey Street, they call <laughs> it foreplay. <laughs> Um, so yeah I can love the thing I love him he's so good Michael Chiklis was a great thing he was great wasn't he I'm, part of me's like you know when you get around to it for, for the new one just cast Chiklis you again you could just chat chast Chiklis chast Chiklis again chast Chiklis de-age him for um, like pre-thing Ben Grimm you did it, you've done it for whole mm. movies for like Samuel L. Jackson Willem Dafoe Alfred Molina you can do it mm. for Michael Chiklis and then just stick him in the prosthetics again. He won't give a shit. He'll be like, yeah, all right. Um, no, no I don't, think don't, a... don't do that. Cast someone who you can use for more films. You know what I think would be a really weird left field pick for Ben Grimm? Well, go on. You're going to hate this one. Am I? Seth Rogen. I don't hate that. I honestly don't hate that. And I'll tell you for why. Um, the guy does have acting chops. We do. He, do. he does. He most recently has been very open... About um, shittier people uh, shouldn't have successes, and we should call them out. And distancing himself from from former close, uh, yeah, um, as recently as twenty fifteen, close friend, yes. uh, twenty seventeen, close disaster artist was a twenty seventeen yeah. movie, close friends, and, and close oh. colleagues and and uh, collaborators. Was it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? Twenty seventeen, I think. Oh my god, yeah, and and after that, the accusations came out. And for him to distance himself immediately like that suggests that he either believes the accusations completely or he was like, this was always going to come back to haunt you, dude. Yeah. I'm off. Goodbye. I'm sorry. No, I'm not defending you. This is fucking gross. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also just like watching him in interviews talking about like his actual weed business and everything now, he seems like such an altogether, again, worst dope, don't stand people. Stand their work. Indeed. But he seems like a really, really altogether nice guy. So, I buy it. Plus, you are completely leaping into Ben's Jewish heritage. Mm-hmm. Like, you would have an actor who would relish the challenge of, like, I don't want to, I don't really want to get buff, but I'll motion capture a big orange buff guy. Yeah. Like, why not? You know? Um, that's not a bad casting, actually. That's really good. You heard it here first, guys. Mm. Look out for it in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Seth Rogen's Ben Grimm, along with John Krasinski's no. Reed Richards. No. It's not happening, is it? Not happening. It's not happening. I, do you know what I think is going to happen? I think we're going to get Emily Blunt's Sue Storm, but we're not going to get John Krasinski's Reed Richards. Yeah, because Reed Richards is going to be someone else. Reed Richards is going to be uh, all that dude from The Good Place, and everyone's going to be pissed off because he's black. 
He'd be um, a great pick. I know yeah, exactly who you mean because Lucy used to watch Good Place. What's and I, I know bloody you name? Place Chidi in the Good Place. Um, the Good Place. William Jackson Harper. That's William Jackson Harper. Yeah, it's great in Midsummer as well. W J H. Uh But also, um, we might not get Emily Blunt because she was very openly sort of like, stop asking me questions about a movie that isn't happening and I'm not involved in, in a press junket not too long ago. Yeah. So maybe she'd be like, shut up now. And no, 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 no. no. I mean, yeah, it's a good way. A good way to sour someone and being in a project is keeping asking them about if they're going to do this project or not. Yeah. Um, and again, it also would be wonderfully cyclical if both she and John were in it, not necessarily because of the casting or because of their actual real-life marital status, but the fact that one was Captain America very briefly in talks mm-hmm. and the other was Black Widow until mm-hmm. scheduling conflicts meant they had to recast the part. Such a weird thought, though, that <laughs> it's like that's that was nearly Captain America and Black Widow. It's true. So why not be like, yeah, fuck it. You could be Mr. Fantastic of the Invisible Woman. Is their couple name like Gemile or Eon? So, what the fuck are we talking about? Spectacular Spider-Man yeah. uh, is not on Disney Plus yet, and I don't know if it will end up on Disney Plus, because we know that the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie is going to come in this deal. The two amazing Spider-Man movies are going to show up in the deal. Mm. Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home will be there from the moment the deal kicks in. Um, Venom and Venom, Let There Be Carnage will be in there. Morbius will be in the deal. Oh, great. If it ever comes out. Um, yeah, that, that was supposed to come out this month, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, then put back. I don't remember hearing about it at all. Oh. Almost like they've just forgotten about it. Do you think that um, Jared Leto burns some bridges with his Luigi impression in uh, <laughs> House of Gucci? And look at that fucking character. Why would you even cast Jared Leto as someone who looks like that? When I saw the trailer, the fuck I was like, are you doing? When I saw the trailer, I was like, surely there must be sequences set in the past. And they're they're doing a Guy Pearce, which still was pointless, but a Guy Uh. Pearce Prometheus thing, where like in Prometheus, it's like Guy Pearce is playing this elderly character, but if you watched all the viral marketing stuff, you'll see that they used him. Yeah, which they then kind of cashed in on with Alien Covenant by having a big flashback at the beginning, and you're like, okay, sure, there he is as a young man, fine, whatever. But it's, it's... you know, it maybe they. I thought maybe that's what they were gonna do. No, there's no flashbacks in the film of Jared Leto's character as a young man. So it's like, why? Do, but then again, I'm feeling the same way about Colin Farrell. With, yeah. With the Batman. Yeah. I'm like, I love yeah. him, and he'll play the part brilliantly. No doubt. But why not just cast a larger, like bald or balding? Why not just cast Michael Chiklis? <laughs> Chiklis would be. <laughs> I mean, come on! In Being a world, in a world where we're never going to see Chickless's kingpin, he yeah. would make a pretty great penguin. Dean Norris's penguin, I'd watch that. Dean Norris's penguin. Should we just should we just name all the people in that Adam Buxton song? Moby, Heston Blumenthal's penguin, <laughs> Michael Stipe, Moby, Moby, Bruce Willis. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Um, <laughs> Basically, spectacular Spider-Man. I don't know if that'll come over, but it's it's crime. That on Disney Plus, there's a lot of Spider- Spider-Man animated series, mm. and they're all shit. It's now, a crime. if you like them, uh, dear listener, you're wrong. You're wrong. The '90s animated series is fucking garbage, and you're all deluded. It's awful. It's meme worthy. It's absolutely meme worthy. Venom driving a truck. As a shocker, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. Like it's meme worthy. 
It's absolutely meme-worthy. But it is a garbage fire show that thinks you're stupid I, because I mean, it never stops for breath, ever. Most of the the animated shows from that period are garbage. No, they're trying. They're trying. They're just varying degrees of quality. The X Men set a, set a bar because it was beautifully animated and the casting was spot on for the voices and yeah. it was very much it hit at the perfect moment for X Men fans. Like it was, hey, you know that comic that's suddenly the biggest comic again. Boom! Here's an animated mm. series. Fucking dive in, um, <laughs> and it and it worked, and and it has got a great soundtrack, and it's got some of the worst and most h- hilarious Scottish and Irish accents you'll ever hear in cartoons. <laughs> um, but and it, and it commits the crime of Nightcrawler being in one episode about Nightcrawler. It's like what the fuck is wrong with you guys? But um, you know, and then you get uh, Hulk. The Hulk cartoon from the nineties isn't awful. It's just a bit eh. Yes. Um, the Iron Man cartoon is pretty awful. It's so the Iron Man cartoon feels like it fell out of an eighties like hair metal music video, and then they went oh, <laughs> and then they went oh, we have to make this into full episodes. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I guess we'll just have the same recurring cast. Iron Man's not interesting. Let's give him a recurring cast of like four other heroes, and let's have the same like five villains show up in every story. It's like, uh, what? I mean, until they made a movie of him, they were right about that. Like, Iron Man wasn't interesting. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, in that show... Do you know why no one goes Tony... back and reads Iron Man comics from pre uh, from pre the movie? Pre the movie, With the yeah. exception of Extremist and Demon in a Bottle. Because mm. we're all crap. Yeah. Iron Man became interesting to me as a reader. Yeah. As a kid, he looked interesting. He became interesting to me as a reader once he became essentially um, the bad guy through... Yeah. Um, uh, sort of mor- moral quandary in Civil War. By the and way, I was like, if you've, this is interesting. He's a dick. <laughs> if you've read Extremists and you want to carry on that run, don't bother. It's not particularly good. No, no, no. In fact, Extremists isn't amazing. It's just got some great stuff in it. Yeah, and it looks good because Adam Grant. <clears throat> it's like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like Hush. I love Hush. I'll always recommend Batman Hush to someone who wants to read a comic and they're like, I don't know where to start. We'll read this. It's a blockbuster and it's in 12 chapters and mm. you'll read it in one go and it's basically a movie with a shitload of Batman mm. characters and you get to meet loads of people. But like, it isn't perfect. <laughs> and I'll, always imagination. I'll always recommend people to Hush who are talking about Batman um, in a way that I find... Unsavory. Uh, unsavory. Um, uh, but... Yeah, but Spider-Man Night's animated series is, is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it is garbage. Yeah, um, it is. It is. It's got some cool looks, but like that's sort of it. It's oh, it's compromised in the weirdest way. Avi Arad's big old penis is in the mix at this point already because is it like, bigger than Willem Dafoe's? No, um, but it does wear a beanie. Uh, so it's it does wear a beanie and it gets a special uh, thank you for your services credit. At the oh end. god, I forgot about that. Oh god, but yeah, it's like so. There's a lot of Morbius. There is a shitload of Venom. Yeah. Um. It just it's like oh, for God's sake. I have I have. I say fond. I have memories of Morbius from uh, Felicia from fucking. <laughs> oh God! From um, the nineties Spider-Man animated series. The only cool thing it ever gave us, uh, like genuinely cool thing it ever gave us, is their take on the six-arm mutation turning into a man spider story. Yeah, that was cool. That involved Blade and Punisher. Yeah, and the characters like that having to get involved. That Spider Slayer toy was fucking boss. Yeah. The una- the the ironically cool thing it gave was this Punisher having a weird fucking headband with giant ties that just yeah. dangle behind his head all the time. I was like, what the fuck sure. is this? 
Um, it was the 90s. He had his van. He had his fucking van. The battle van. The battle van with microchip on the blower. Um, Jesus. Hobgoblin never got a battle van in the show, though, I don't think. Because he had, he had a van. That was one of Hobgoblin's things. Was he you had know, a van. Have a van. Hobgoblin had a van. Fucking hell. Hobgoblin had a fucking van. A van. Yeah. Damn right. Um, yeah. But yeah. It, Jesus. It, it, the MTV Spider-Man is a one-off series. It's an interesting experiment. It's kind of cool, but it's not great. It's just cool. Um, uh, Spider-Man Unlimited. <laughs> Fuck. Um, mm. I love I love in the Spider Verse comic when you briefly visit that universe and Morlone has just gone on a feast and drained everyone. Yeah. He's like they're all animals. Yeah, 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 give yeah. them here. Fantastic. <laughs> it's like and P.S. Here's what happened to that universe. It's a buffet. <laughs> uh, the Spider Slayer. Mm. Um, uh, it's yeah. I really don't care for Ultimate Spider Man. I think it's awful. Um, it changes its genre three times throughout its run and doesn't know what it wants to be. Plus, it stars sex criminal Drake Bell. Um, and uh, Spider Man, Marvel Spider Man, I never, I never found my in. I've tried it, the current one. I've never found my in. I've just always found it to be really obnoxious. Even though it adapts a lot of things from the era I love the most of the character, yeah. like the dance slot, big time to, to um, you know, uh, 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 worldwide kind of like that era. It just never, no. Like, I mean, they did their version of Superior, and I dipped into that. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, no, sorry, no. Um, Spectacular Spider-Man, the Sony animated, Sony and Columbia animated series from the 2009-2010. That's the best animated Spider-Man. Yeah. It's currently on Netflix. I okay. urge you all to give it a go. If you have Netflix, please give it a go. Um, kick up a stink, drive up its viewer numbers, and make Sony go. Maybe we should include this in the Disney Plus deal as well. Because I'd like to have all my Spidey in one place, please. Filthy. <laughs> filthy, filthy, filthy time. Yes, it is filthy. Uh, let's take a quick I, I peek. Hope you, I hope you get it. Look at it. June. Look at oh, June is twins. Twinsies. Oh, little, little twin, little tiny chihuahuas. Very little hair. They look quite young because they've got quite a bit of extra skin around the around the chest and stuff. Tiny little, you know, I, nothing, nothing too pink on the ears. Little black patches on the on the. On I the wasn't noses. expecting there to be two. No. Just like I wasn't expecting this week's episode of Bob <laughs> Fair. To, to not feature Boba Fett. And, and furthermore, to basically just be Mandalorian Series 2 bonus episode. Yeah. Holy... I mean, I don't hate it. I didn't hate it. no means do I hate it. Bit weird, though. Yeah, a bit strange, but very Clone Wars. Um, spoilers ahead for the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5, a.k.a. The Return of the Mandalorian. Get straight up, The Return of the Mandalorian. Title says what it does on the tin. It does. So after last week's cliffhanger to Mandalorian fans meant us all... We, we all went, oh, cool. Like, Mando's going to get involved as the hired muscle. Or for anyone who's never seen The Mandalorian, to not understand the music cue and think the cliffhanger was Boba Fett learned that goods can be exchanged... Uh, money can be exchanged ah, for goods and services. Ah, 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 um, ah. Which we get a more sort of reinforcement <laughs> of as a concept throughout this episode. Yeah, oh god yeah. We we cut to Din Djarin, uh the Mandalorian. The titular Mandalorian. On the job. He's taking bounties, yeah. he's kicking ass and taking names. Yes. Uh yes. gets one of the most badass lines, which you know, it's not it's not a, a brand new bit of dialogue. Versions of this have been given in many a different thing, but mm. one of the most badass lines I've seen in a family friendly Star Wars series in a while. I can bring you in hot or I can bring you in cold. <laughs> to his bounty which I thought was wonderful because like up to that point the bounty kind of held the room yeah and then as soon as he said that you felt the panic even through this like rubbery mask you felt the panic of 
Oh shit. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, like, bartering my way out of this situation might not work if I can't speak because I'm dead. Oh god. <laughs> um, so Din's on the job getting up to mischiefs, and uh, he finds that what turns out what he's after is information because we learn that uh, the armorer. So the head of the Mandalorian sect that he reported yes. to in series one of Mandalorian. Um, she's around. She and her big enforcer guy, the guy with the big Gatling gun, who I uh, think is voiced by John Favreau. He is, because he's a he's a um he's a descendant of Pre Vizsla. Right, well that explained it. Yeah. Of course, yes. Yes, because yes. yes. that yes. plays into yes. this. Because yeah, he played Pre Vizsla in, in Clone Wars and the whole Siege of Mandalore and the original appearances of the Darksaber in, in the current canon and everything. Um, but we first saw this Mandalorian in series one of the Mandalorian with a big fuck-off giant minigun firing Indeed. lasers at stormtroopers. Um, now we get to see him um, turning on Mando. Because we finally get discussion on, like, we don't find out what happened in the moments after the end of Mandalorian series no. two. No. We can presume that Bo-Katan Kreese is out there Wondering what the fuck she needs to do now because she, she is wanted a cautionary tale. She wanted. She is. She wanted the dark saber. She can't take it without basically fighting Mando to the death. Like that's what she has to yeah. do to claim it off of him. So she's in a difficult. She's in between a rock and a hard place. The thing she's wanted for at least three decades now. Yes, she's looking good. Um, like the thing she's wanted for a while yes. requires killing an ally who actually like helped turn things around. Yes. So, yeah, that's that. I'm sure that drama is something that will be followed up in Mando series three, which we're getting next December. Yes. Um, this this December. AKA Book of Boba Fett season two. Yeah, which will. AKA be... Dark Forces five. Yeah. <laughs> AKA look at all these helmets. Look at all those helmets. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Jesus. So, uh, yeah, we. Fucking hell. So we we learn uh, that uh, Beskar should only be armor. Only. Only Ever. the armor. The armor is the armor. like... Because that's the thing as well. Series 2 of Mando deals with, when he meets Bo-Katan in that, deals with the fact that, yes, he was taken in by Mandalorian people yes. and was raised as a Mandalorian from a young age. Um, but it might be that he's with the cultists. Yes. And he's never quite... Like come to terms with like he start you can see him sort of start to reflect upon himself in series two yeah which leads us to where we get to in this where he's like no 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 everything's fine like uh, th this is the way this is all that shit like he goes back to her and she's like oh that spear that helped you save the day and fight off the dark saber yeah yeah no fucking melt it that's that's a, that's abhorrent that you've got that that's appalling yeah so she melts it down but at least she goes like so what do you want it to be and he chooses to create. A gift for Grogu. Which looks like it might be a chainmail, like a tunic or, or... I think it's or something a... on a chain. Oh, okay. Because we see chains. Chain, chain yeah. links. I think it's something on a chain. So we do see what it is, but it's wrapped up in a little handkerchief that very deliberately is tied to look like sort of the silhouette of Grogu's little head. Mm -hmm. Which is so fucking cute. Um, but yeah, that is that is after he is challenged by this other Mandalorian who's like, yeah, no, I've got right to that blade, motherfucker. <laughs> And when it when it comes time for Mando to deal the killing blow, but he won't do it because yeah. he's like this is unnecessary bloodshed. Like I'm sorry, I don't understand why you're all so like death packed around this fucking sword. <laughs> like what is wrong with you? He's very odd. <laughs> uh, the armor is like, yep, yeah, no, you've won. You can spare him. 
obviously based on their creed, this other one's then going to live in shame. Yeah. Except this other one comes out morally in the clear based on their beliefs. Because she asks in that moment, have you ever removed your helmet? Ever. And he's like, no. And she turns to Mando and she's like, have you ever removed your helmet? Uh, and he doesn't mm. say anything. And it made me realise, like, hang on. So when he was taking it off, like, in personal quiet moments with no one around. That's fine. Is that fine? Yeah. Because I was trying to think back to Clone Wars. And I was like, they don't really delve into that side of Mandalore. They don't. Too much. Like, the, you see the beginnings of the fanatics and the whole story with the Death Watch and everything. Like, the Death Watch aren't like that. But Mandalorian society isn't that strict at first. No, so they it's... are. They are extremists. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one of those. So it's like, is it one of those where you just can't take it off full stop? Um, but of course, like he, we've seen it off. Last series made a point of him having the helmet off in front of a couple people. Yeah. Um, he I mean, had he had to basically make the choice between keeping his helmet on and keeping the creed, or doing what he needs to do to save Grogu. Yeah. Series series one, he takes it off in front of IG. 11 yeah um but that is literally about and ig11 makes the argument of like i need to check on your vitals yeah i'm not like i'm not alive i'm not a living person i'm a, I'm a droid let me fucking look at your like i need to see your face motherfucker hmm. so he does it and you can and that was the lovely moment at the end of series one where you're like it's pedro it actually is pedro pascal yeah. there he is oh he's, oh he's got a mustache i have to keep that under the helmet he's trimmed that well um it's built in Hair's greasy, but moustache looks nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just keeps nicking him under the helmet. That's why he's so surly. Mm. Um, series two, he takes it off uh, during the mission that he's on. He takes off his other helmet during yeah. the mission that he's on with uh, with Bill Burr's character, and then, which is such a big moment, but it was there to remind you how important it is to him, because then you get him removing it to say goodbye to Grogu. Yeah. At the end of series two, and it's like, oh! which is the first time he takes it off, not out of necessity. He chooses, he chooses to do it, off, yeah. to bond with his fucking space son. Let's be honest, my it's a, space, it's a space son. son. Um, so the fact that that's what rules him out is great. I also love the idea that the sword is harder to wield if you doubt like, your ability to, your wield, ability it. to yeah. wield it. It's like, oh, that's interesting. It's a very weird, sort of like, oh, we're so like, back re- to spirituality, religion thing, magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Faith magic. Um, um, fagic. Wait, no, hang fagic, on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so so he buggers off on a commercial flight, which is wonderful. We get oh, to see commercial yeah. flights in Star Wars. Um, there's a nice little nod to your theme park nerds. We saw we saw a version of like the same droid that Rex is yeah. in the casino. We now have them working at the airport terminals, yes, which makes sense. Weapons, which makes sense because they can pilot Star Tours um, yep. uh, vehicles. So, yep. of course, they'd be there at the airports. Um, yeah, it, that was such a lovely sequence. <laughs> just like just pulling everything all in a crate. these bits and pieces. Out. Like we've all been there. Yeah. We've all gone through the detector and be like, "What is it? Oh, it's my fucking belt." But <laughs> give me a minute. And you, you take everything out. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, it was also fun to see commercial flights in Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, yeah, not everyone owns a ship. Yeah, sometimes exactly. people like get planes between um, planets. I love that the little kid that says hello to him that call, they, yeah call back later in the concept art that was originally a human kid. Yeah. So they've then gone and made the choice, oh, actually, let's make it a Rodian. Yeah. Just to make it a bit more Because we can still tell the alien. story. Yeah. Like, we can still tell that story yeah. like with, with with the mask and with the physicality of the performer. It could have been that they just got the kid in, the kid went, wow, that mask looks cool. And they went, do you want to wear the mask? Kid? Yeah. We don't have to pay him as much if it's on his face. And the big fingers? <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, so he, he goes back to uh, 
MVP of both these bitches, uh, Amy Sedaris. Yeah, um, Pelimoto returns on, once again. On Tatooine, we get a first full focused shot of a womp rat being a little pest. Oh, yeah. Um, Much bigger in the concept art again. Do you know what's really fun about that? That scene where she sort of like gets grabbed by it. It's very pantomime like yes. her being dragged behind the crate. I was like, this fi- the direction of this one, now that we're out of the coldness of that shit. Yeah. There's a there's a bit more of a bounce to this direction, like yeah. the serious moments are serious, and and I called it before the end credits. I was like, this feels like a Bryce Dallas Howard episode from yes. from Mando, yeah. And then end credits start, the credits directed Bryce Dallas Howard. I was like, and that's why that fucking Warner as well when he's going from the from getting from dropping off his bounties to going to the covert. Yeah, oh, no, that's no, fantastic. He got, yeah, yeah. He, gets on, he gets on the ship. And it's all one shot. Because oh, he, he, like he leaves them and he gets in the elevator yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And the, the shot goes with him. Yeah. In a way where you're like, that's not green screen. That's the big fucking, the, the yeah, screen behind them right. doing that. And then they're just resetting some practical things in the foreground. Yeah. It's like this, someone's, I think that's what it was. It was like some of her visual flair is becoming more apparent the more I see of yes. her work as a director. Yes. But it was also like, this is someone who's played in this, in this sandbox yes. before. And is having fun with it because it's like do. Robert Rodrigo's episode of of Mando series two, the uh, the, the tragedy. <sighs> to me, I think that was location shooting yeah. mostly, and yeah. that suits him because Rodrigo's really good with like location shooting yeah. stuff. Like he can work within studios and green screen. That's why he's made a shitload of Spy Kids movies and Shark Boy and Lava Girl and stuff and Sin City. But like when you take him into locations, you know El Mariachi, especially like mm. that trilogy. He, he makes it work so well. He can make a desert feel like a significant location and yes. not just a patch of land. Yes. Um, and he's done some good work with uh, the episodes he's directed this series as well, of, of Book of Bob Fett. But mm. Bryce Dallas Howard is like, oh, yeah, no, I've, play- I've played in that. What's it called? Is it The Echo? Uh, not on The Echo. The Expanse. It's... No, uh, that's, a, that's a TV series. The Void. The Void. The Chamber. The Chamber. Um, the, the Bollocks. No. The Egg. Um, the Big Telly. <laughs> What's it called? What's it called? Virtual sets. What's it called? It's called something daft. Um, it's called something really daft. What's it called? What's it called? It's an LED wall. What's it fucking called? Live Googling right now, It's called something... It's an LED wall. It's the There's at least one listener yelling at the the phone right now. I can't hear you. I honestly (laughs) cannot hear you. doesn't even have it on there. It doesn't even tell me what it's called. It's telling me what it does. (laughs) It doesn't tell me what it's called. I know... What it's called? I know what it does. <laughs> right, I'm gonna look it up. I separate, know what it does. On a different source. You tell. And I. Uh, the volume. The volume. There we go. Jesus. We got that. Jesus. Jesus yeah, is involved. Jesus built it. Jesus is my co-pilot. Built my hot rod. Um. <laughs> so what's it called again? The volume. That's the one. So the volume. Um, I told you it was something stupid. Is that it, like this felt like a director who's used it and knows what to yeah, do with it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was cool. It was cool to hit, see Bryce back, um, or rather feel that she was back. Um, so that's good. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I think he probably did shoot a lot of this. Possibly. Like, why not? Because you know it was shot during lockdowns and coronavirus mm. uh, conditions for studios. But that's one of the things you remain that... masked and you don't have to be near everybody. Probably earns more money from being on set as well as doing the ADR. True, so. True. 
in well, he comes. <laughs> him, and, him and the doubles do such a good job of making it one seamless performance that you honestly can't you tell. You can't tell when they're... Yeah, because I, th- I, think, I think there's a... There's something like there is a height difference between them that is like a good few inches. Yeah. So someone like found they looked into it and they were like, okay, so there is a bit of a, a physical difference, but because of the way they're shot and because of the fact that their performances mm. are so, um, symbiotic, yeah. like they've clearly worked together on the physicality of this character, or one has worked on the physicality and the other has studied the opposite and gone right. I'm going to match that to a T. And you maybe know, they even consult. Maybe they talk about how they'd play that scene. I think they go into the, that a bit in the behind the scenes stuff. I need to watch the gallery watch. series two. Yeah, well, is. series two. It's just it's just yeah. one episode, isn't but it? But that, it does seem like that's that's the, that is the case. Um. And yeah, he, he goes he goes back to Tatooine. Is like you promised me that you'd have a razor crest, so I'm spending this money on a razor crest. It doesn't. And she's like, crest. yeah, I don't have that, but. I do have this thing that I think would be a perfect match for you. You've got to help You've me You've kind build. of arrived way early. So you could fuck <laughs> off for a bit and then he just sticks around and builds it. And it's a Naboo it's, like, Yeah, it's customised Naboo M1 Starfighter. The moment she revealed it, I was like, I got this weird feeling of, oh! Ooh. And then I went, oh my God. We're at the point now where episode one things make me go, oh! That's weird. I mean, to be fair, um, the Naboo M1 Starfighter <coughs> has always made me go, oh! It's a pretty, it's look, a it's nice a pretty design, shit. Yeah. And again, like, first episode of the prequels sets up the idea that the galaxy doesn't always just look like everything's made of junk no like, these are hand individually handmade they're not much that was a cool yet. idea like yeah these because they're, they're the royal fleet from Naboo yeah commissioned this, this one is one of the lot that was commissioned by Queen Amidala herself does, no she doesn't say Queen Amidala no she says she the says Queen of Naboo Amidala come on no Naboo has multiple queens they elect a new queen every few years true they, they have monarchy as a presidency True. I mean, I'm choosing to believe that this was commissioned ahead of the fight in Phantom Menace. Listen. I'm not choosing to believe what a lot of the internet is doing where they're going, oh, it's Anakin! No, fuck it's off. Not. You're making the universe even smaller Oh yeah, everyone's you're directly not. connected. Well, it's it was from commissioned Naboo. by Queen Amidala. It's from Naboo. It's from... Yeah, but come on. When was, when was there... When was there key conflict whilst uh, Amidala was in charge? Any episode one the and the space years. between episode one and episode two when she becomes a senator. There were queens during... The Imperial administration. All right, fine. Point is, I like the fact that they took a ship that is very visually distinct. Yes, and then made it more visually distinct. They stripped it down to its, like, Lego skeleton. (laughs) And then just built more Lego skeleton on it. Yeah. And I knew the moment moment I saw that ship, and I was like, oh, but that one's always got a protocol droid. um, Not a protocol droid. A, um, what's R2 called? Uh, Astromech. So they've always got an Astromech in them. They're not going to do it, are they? They're going to turn that into something else. I did not expect them to do what they did, and I thought that it was fucking adorable because they are massively teasing us with the cutest toy ever made. Friend of the show, Billiam Tracy, if you go to his Twitter mm-hmm. account, well built, B I L L T, go and give it a look, folks, because he, from scratch, made his interpretation of it and put a Lego Grogu in the dome. Yes. And I'm just like, it's happening. This is going to be a thing at some point. I don't want him to take Grogu away from his training necessarily, but I also am like, the sooner you get them back together, I think the the, the bigger the serotonin boost we're all going to feel when we see them hanging out again. Um, him test flying was great. Yep. Uh, Beggars Canyon. Beggars Canyon. Yep. Yeah, again, we see a part of the pod racing route from episode yeah. one, and it's almost shot the same. Yep. But the context is different, so it doesn't feel like a rehash. Nope. Um, and then he goes, fuck that, and goes up into the sky. And yeah, it's kind of weird that we got basically a pull over joke. Again. But I but I do appreciate seeing 
Yeah, well, again, it's the yeah. mirroring thing, yeah. and I do appreciate seeing the uh, the rebel pilot um, who not the Dave Filoni one, the other one, the other one who was also there when they said yeah. that they last saw him in series two in the <laughs> spider episode. Um, <laughs> and I love that he basically was like, "Yeah, I heard tell of a wreckage of a yeah. razor razor crest." So he's basically saying, yeah. "Like, is it you, and are you okay?" But Doesn't there's that whole thing it. of like they can't. Yeah, like he can't go like, yeah, it's me because then the other one, the other rookie could be whatever, be like, oh yeah, no, we aren't you wanted for whatever, we need yeah. to bring him in. So he, he sort of dwells, and then he, Mando like turns visibly to yeah. look, it's like you can see it, and me. the guy kind of catches, and you can see that that's enough for him to be like, so you're alive, but he can, you can see he really wants to know, are you okay? Yeah, because he knows the last time he saw him, he had the child with him. Yeah, and it's like he doesn't have him now, and Mando's just like. Fuck off! Woo! And goes into his hyperdrive. And I love that idea as well of that technology and the ships that can't be traced are all pre imperial. Yep. So they're fucking impossible to get hold of. Yep. And even them in their X Wings, which are like the current state of the art X Wing, are like, yeah, we're not going to catch up to that thing. Well, yeah, because he's not, he's not jumping in high space. It's his, it's his sublight engines, but it's, it's basically, yeah. it's basically um, Starfighter nitrous oxide. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's it's and it sounds like a fucking rough as balls. Yeah, machine it's, it's as well. the Nox from um, from Fast and Furious. Like, that's, that's, where we're, that's where we are. And like, because let's not forget, in the Star Wars universe, Starfighters are all hot rods because yeah. George Lucas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like like come like on, the Razor Crest, as cool and distinct as it was, and the fact that it's sort of like very subtly ate ships from other things we like, like yeah. Serenity and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Like it was a camper van. Yeah, it's camper. Van, <laughs> it yeah. was a camper van, and now oh. he's he's on a hot rod. I mean, let's put it right. He's not going to carry him around bounties in this. He's too fucking mm. small. Yeah, he hasn't got his little fucking carbonite freezer. Yeah, so he's just gonna be. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but someone doodled it online saying, "Actually," and they've scribbled the new ship with Grogu in the dome, Mando in the front cockpit, and a carbonite frozen dude on a on a string <laughs> at the back of the ship, just flying. I can't remember who it was, but it's doable. <laughs> I was like, "That's funny. Yeah. That is legit funny." Um, Get a trailer for it, and then and then at the end. Um, Fennec shows up and is like, hey, I was actually going to come looking for you. Presuming she was going here to see if she could find any I need to go back and check him. if you can see her in that wide shot before it cuts back to her and reveals her. You know, when it, when he did that first shot of them looking at her and it's a wide, yeah. I couldn't see her. Yeah, so that's what I mean. But, but not, not, in, not in like her, was she in the shot and it's a cock up? Uh, was she not in the shot and it's a cock up? I think that was more just in a, my eyes were looking everywhere exactly. else in the exactly. shot. Exactly. <laughs> That's that why was, I need to go back and check. That was weird. Um, but then the immediate next shot is a mid-close-up of her. So it's like, yeah. oh, Fennec's here. Yay. And we're tying back into the Book of Bob Fennec. there is a wide before that wide where you couldn't see her. Well, yeah. I need to go back and check if she's in that one. Got you. Got you, yeah. This feels like... For any other live-action series, this feels like a mid-season three or four episode where they go, do you know what? Yeah. We're going to follow someone else entirely for this episode and then we're going to tangentially reattach it back to the main plot at the end. Yeah. But because it's the first and probably only season of The Book of Boba Fett, it feels kind of weird that they did it. However, I've been binging Clone Wars the last like year or so. Like, just going through it every now and again, sticking it on in the background while I'm doing tasks. Because mm. it's, it's the perfect kind of show to not give all your attention to. Yeah. Because very rarely does it focus on one specific plot, character or arc for long. And that's what I, I sort of have liked about it is that you don't really know. I never look at the bios for the episodes. I always just let it play. 
Because all of a sudden, you're watching a story that's about a random encounter where R2 is with this thing that's going on. You're following R2 for an episode. Or, oh, this week it's Yoda with a bunch of clone troopers trapped in a situation and he's going to help them get out of it. Oh, this week? Yeah, this week we're going to hang out with a bunch of clones that have been rejected and and have become their own unit and are learning to overcome their, their individual flaws. Oh yeah, this week we're gonna fall, and it's yeah. like it's it's kind of nice, and this sort of felt like the first attempt at that in live action of yeah. Oh, guess what? This is gonna tie into the story you're watching. But first, we're gonna spend some time with Dinda Jarin. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, all yeah. right. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them all kind of brush shoulders and bump heads again. Do all their stuff together, yeah. Uh, as they go in for the uh, the Pike Syndicate. Um, so who have we got? We've got Black Chris... Uh, what's the name again? Uh, Black Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. I've never had to say it out loud. It feels weird to do it out loud did, now. Did I tell you that... Um, Reading it has never been an issue, but now that we've got him in a show we have to talk about it, I'm like, what's his name? Did Black I tell you Chrysanthemum. that Kieran, Gallen, Kieran Gillen was talking... Because he created him in the Star Wars comics. Mm. Talking about what his placeholder name... first shows up in Vader, right? Uh, yes. Vader Down. Vader... No. Uh, Vader, uh, no. Pre-Vader Down. Darth Vader in, into Vader Down, yeah. Oh, yeah. When after first shows up. That's where I've looked um, to. And now I've got Marvel Unlimited, I can, keep, I can read the rest. Woo! Um, Although I'm so, currently working my way through Fantastic Four. Modern Fantastic Four. It's very good. Um, and so... Galactus gets turned into a mountain. It's weird. It um, <laughs> Kieran Gillen's talking about... Uh, he's, you know, when he created Chrysanthemum and going back to his early scripts, you know mm. what his placeholder name for Chrysanthemum was? Go on. Nubaka. Brilliant. Brilliant. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Kieran Gillen will never stop being Kieran Gillen. Yeah. So he's a new Chewbacca. Yeah, he's calling Nubak. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> uh, so Black you've got Black Chrysanthemum, you've got The Mandalorian, you've got Fennec Shand, you've got Boba Fett, you've got a gang of like sort of Star Wars equivalent um punks on on speed bikes. Yeah. Is there room for someone else? Is there room for another enforcer of some kind, based on the timeline? Um I wonder I wonder, and this is purely hypothetical, if prior to the events of 2020 on social media, the Mando wouldn't have been in this, but Cara Dune would have been. Because Cara Dune seems like more of a fit, right? Because after mm. the, after this is when the series she was going to be the lead in. The Reigns of the New Republic. Yeah. Which is now just gone. They've just said that's done. They're not doing it at all. Which must mean that they tied it so much into the character of Cara Dune. But they're not ready to just recast or recontextualise the series. Mm. And they've gone, yeah, fuck it. I wonder if this would have been the, the, the whole thing of, hey, viewers, do you remember this character? Cool. Well, their show's next. I wonder if that was the plan. Yeah. And yeah. instead they've gone, no, I'll make it Mando. Well, I... Because <laughs> people will lose their shit the moment that they see that Boba Fett and Mando are back in the same series. I um, I saw a great post on Twitter I was trying to find, but couldn't find it, where someone had used the images from the... the the, the um, What should we call The Armourer-Mando conversation. Yeah. I was like, so what happened to Cara Dune? Oh, well, <laughs> she... Immediately after the our adventure with... Grogu, she did lock, lock, She flushed herself out of an airlock by mistake and <laughs> crashed onto the planet of asses and hit every ass on the way down or something like that. And just like, 
So. She's dead. She's dead in but continuity. That's, that's, Sorry, everybody. That's become a popular thing on Twitter now. It's like, oh, so what happened to Cara June? She's died. Yeah. Yeah. She's dead. She's dead. We just, it's dead simple. You just never revisit that character. It means, unfortunately, you probably don't revisit Carl Weathers either. Um, no. But then again, you could revisit Carl Weathers in a different way. You could get him back as a director. Since he directed yeah. an episode of Series 2 yeah. of Mando and he did a great job. I'll just bring him back and not mention Cara Dune. Fair play. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I think they'll throw everyone a bone in the, like, you know, people who, people like myself who really liked the character, but I'm like, yeah, I do not want Gina Carano back in this. Yeah. Um, and people who are just continuity hounds and people who, who for some reason don't give a shit about her being intrinsically shitty and should not be sort of given this platform mm. until she's sort of gone like, yeah, that was really bad of me and I'm really sorry, everybody. Mm. Um, but she'll never do that. She just doubled, tripled, quadrupled down with Ben Shapiro. Um, but like... Uh, of all people to tie fucking car to, Ben fucking Shapiro. But like, I'm sure they'll throw a bone in Mando Series 3. There'll be a reference somewhere to like, Cara Dune's in charge of this thing over here and you'll go, all right, there you go. Okay, there you are. So the character's off doing the character's she, thing. She's gone on an expedition into the outer... Uh, the outer I have to go planet. now. Yes. My planet needs me. Choo. Cara Dune died on the way to a home planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, if there's anyone listening to this going like, why are you bringing your politics into... I'm not. It's a fucking show made by a company that makes family entertainment. Yeah. Maybe don't like compare... Um, vaccinations and lockdowns to the Holocaust, for fuck's sake. Anyway, um... Oh, do you remember when Letitia Wright told everyone not to take the vaccine? Oh, God. Do you remember when Evangeline Lilly started doing it as well? Oh, Why? What is it with, like, female leads in the MCU? Well, Evangeline Lilly said that she doesn't... She's not against taking it and has even suggested... And has even suggested that she herself... Has taken it. Well, she would have had to. But she hates the mandate. And it's like, there is as yet not a solid mandate. Well, there has been a lot of... Um... There's, there's more businesses making the choice that, yeah, we are not allowed to like be in our premises unless you're vaccinated. Yeah. That is the choice of the business. Yeah. If you feel... Well, it's, if, it's you, if you feel for... If you feel your right is being taken away to go to a certain club, spoiler alert, you don't well, own the club. In the, in the States, <laughs> like, it's... You're not having your right taken away. In the States, it's state by state. But over here, the one that people are kicking off about is the... the man at the NHS have so they you will be fired if you do not get vaccinated yeah which again like it I personally again like people will disagree personally good I think you should be if you work in in a matter of public health in hospitals if, if you are able to be vaccinated and you choose not to be vaccinated and that involves you losing your job that is a choice that you make yeah like the they're taking away they're taking away vaccinated they're taking our freedom to choose you they're job. not you've made yeah. the choice there are consequences to that choice those consequences aren't there to punish you they are there for the betterment or the the upkeep of the business yeah. or job or institution that like has asked you to do that. Like, it's dead, it's as simple as that like and as someone who still got sick from covid after yeah. three vac- doses of a vaccine mm. i fucking dread to think what it was like what it would have been like if I hadn't have had those. As of this recording, um, ex-actor, ex-singer, wannabe, and ex-currently political candidate... Oh, most divorced dad in history, Lawrence Fox. The most divorced dad. Yeah. 
Lawrence Fox, uh, a few days ago, put out a picture of him in a t-shirt saying, don't need the vax, I've got my immune system. And then fucking got COVID. And then got COVID and immediately was like, well, Mr. Mister Coronavirus has come for me. Don't worry, everybody. At the moment, it just feels more like the man flu, not the, the woo flu. And it's like, for the fuck's sake. woo f- oh, And immediately revealed wow. that he's on ivermectin. Yeah. Which is illegal in the UK. Yep. So that means he already had it. He'd already bought some and got it shipped to the UK in case he got COVID. But he's talking about, I don't want to put unknown substances in my body. I'm going to use this horse deworm. I'm going to use horse deworm. Like, what the fuck? And the people who avidly follow him and support him for speaking his truth and speaking freedoms are all like, get well soon, Lozer, it's going to be great. And everyone else is like, you're doing that thing you say that you don't want to do. (laughs) But you're doing it with fucking horse dewormer as of as of uh, as of this recording yesterday he posted a picture of like he says moving on i'm feeling a bit more unwell so i'm moving on to the more hardcore stuff like fellas and it's a picture of his chopping board in his kitchen he's cut up like some lemon and lime and he's got some like he's got like um you know uh not lemsip but he's got like you know cold and and flu sort of medicine for the throat (laughs) He's got like Jack Daniels. He's making. He's making like an he's, Irish. He's coffee. making a fucking hot toddy. Is what hot he's doing. Hot toddy, yeah. basically. And it's just like. Which, don't get me wrong. I had a couple of hot toddies when oh, I yeah. was sitting with COVID. Hot toddy, lovely. Fucking, but he's there saying, out. "My body will deal with it." You, you're you're giving yourself an awful lot of assistance yeah. to someone who's like, "My body, my." And now, of course, a lot more stuff is coming out from people around him who are saying, "Oh no, he's vaccinated." This is all performative. Yeah, I guarantee he's had, a, he's had the fucking vaccine. This is all performative, and it's like, oh my god. So whether you, if you're listening to this and you've not had the vaccine, you're thinking that we're like insulting you. We're not. You've not had it for whatever reason. No, you've chosen not Lawrence to have Fox. it. We're insulting Lawrence Fox for being a massive fucking hypocrite, and you should too. Um, it, is, it is. It is almost a certainty that the people in the media who are telling you not to get vaccinated have been vaccinated. Oh god, yeah. Half of Fox News have. Yeah. They've, it's very open that they have had it, they're not but they're telling people of, to not get it. They're not doing it out of concern for your welfare. They're doing it because they're trying to push an agenda. They're trying to push an agenda, and some of them are trying to literally push medical products that they have sponsorships for, or have been paid by to push towards, mm. which is hilarious because, like, eventually... And it's, the, the fact of this is not hilarious, but the concept is they will kill off the audience that's supporting them and lining their pockets. Mm. That, that audience will literally die... So where do they get the money from there? It's just so that's, bizarre. That's a bit just uh, so to calm it's us down. Almost as bizarre. Let's calm us down. Let's look at July. July. Ooh, fluffy with the black patch on the nose, like darker brown ears, a little bit of white on the chest, little white socks on. Bit of Alice balls. Cooper black eye yeah, makeup fur yeah. as well. Um, reminds like me it. of the fact we're on Twitter. You can follow yeah. us at Big Damn Cast. Uh, look at August. Ooh, oh, August. Apples. Apple for scale. A little, little smiley. Apple for scale with the little smiley pup and the, and the big old ears. Its legs are only just yeah. as tall as the apple. Yeah, again, that white chest going on. That's a good. It's a good look. Little. A salt and pepper on the muzzle. It really reminds me of the fact that we're on YouTube, big damn yeah. channel, where you can find this podcast and any other stuff we upload. So Absolutely. go give it, a, go give Absolutely. it a subscribe. Make sure you don't miss out on the episodes. Yeah, Look at that. September. Oh, oh, September's got the bug eyes. He's got his cross, buzz eyed and, and brown derpy, and derpy white. September. Yeah, it's a silly, silly puppa. It's very cute. It's, oh my god! Yeah. Look at that little yeah. face. Almost as stupid as the fact that we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash big damn cast. Well, you can keep the lights on, yeah. help us fund the podcast, and get mm. a load of. In the uh, coming uh, period of the year, get some brand new material that's Indeed. exclusive to patrons, Indeed. including access to the Discord server, which you can get 
right now, so you should probably go and give us a follow. Look at October! Oh, a little fluff ball. That's like literally a, like a polar bear like meets a, a teddy bear. It's like a ball of sticky rice with eyes. That's what Minnie looks like when we've uh, put a hairdryer to her and scared the life that's, out of her. That's what she looks like when she's just a fresh shit where she shouldn't have. I know what animals are like. That's very true. That's what my cat does. 293 down. Ah, uh, look at that one, oh, November! black face with a little bit of light brown around it and that lovely white stripe down the centre white a gloves little... and a white bib yeah white gloves and a white bib very it's like a very very um like a very smart smart man in a tux who's only got seven to go yeah seven um, to go but December oh! oh look at that little face that is literally oh, <laughs> just a white ball of joy it is a white ball of joy and then look at the flowers for scale flowers for scale they have strategically put these doggos into situations where they look extra tiny. They give us a pair for 2023. Oh, it's a shame by then I'll have a calendar for, I don't know, <sighs> other chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>